that fucking banger you heard and loved bloody tears from castlevania 2 simon's quest and you know what that means what's it mean castlevania Woo! Uh, every little bit of, we're gonna talk about every inch of it today oh, yes. every, every every single title single how each every... game changed from the previous one who made it who left the studio who joined the studio uh, we hope you've set aside the entire day for this episode. The entire yeah, week luckily, because... 24 hours. It's a long one. I have a photographic memory, uh, and I've memorized pixel by pixel every screen from every Castlevania game ever, and I'm going to go over them in excruciating detail, talking about oh. uh, you know character design and level layout. Perfect. Stuff like that. Jacob, I'm on screen two of Castlevania 1. Can you tell me where the hidden wall is? I know it's around here somewhere. Mm, there's no walls on that screen. That was a trick question. You motherfucker, you got me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you actually know your shit. No, we're not going to talk about everything. We're not going to talk about every little thing, but we're going to talk about Castlevania this week. We are going to dive into the series, some interesting tidbits, some trivia, some facts, just a little bit of everything. Overarching view of the Castlevania series. Uh, there's four of us here today. Oh. oh, sorry. Go ahead. Are you introducing oh, us? <laughs> I'm, I'm Trace. Trace. <laughs> <laughs> uh and that's matt yep what's up and i'm jordan and jacob's here as well jacob belmont reporting for duty that was good wow, wow. this guy yep. doesn't know his stuff wow <laughs> he has spent exactly 90 seconds on wikipedia today. i've seen four episodes of the anime thank you very much <laughs> oh shit he's actually fully caught up uh so no we're, we're gonna talk about castlevania uh trace what were we gonna say um i was just gonna say that if you find anybody who was I'm going to say born before 1990 and is a fan of all things spooky. Good chance that Castlevania is probably one of their favorite franchises. Oh, yeah. yeah, I would say so. Unfortunately, I was born in 1993, so. <laughs> <laughs> heard of it. Like, it's one of the most ubiquitous names, not only because there's half of a genre named after it, but people know what Castlevania, they at least understand the concept of Castlevania. Yeah. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to break it down. Who here can tell me the story of Castlevania in like a broad <laughs> spectrum here? Belmont's go and kill Dracula, and then he fucking takes his castle and moves elsewhere, so then we get another game. Perfect. That's I've said it better myself. <laughs> Short. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, uh, the longer version here is uh, Castlevania is a tale with very few exceptions in its long and storied career of the Belmont clan and their attempts to vanquish Dracula once and for all. Uh, Dracula lives in a traveling shape-shifting castle and resurrects every 100 years. Like those are the constants, right? Yeah, that's so fucking metal, dude. It was <laughs> yeah, so uh, ahead of its time. Absolutely. So the Belmonts have been fighting Dracula for centuries, like literally hundreds of years, using Vampire Killer, Killer, the uh, the whip, the legendary Vampire Killing Whip, as the name suggests. That's just been passed down for generations to the next unfortunate soul who has to go try and kill Dracula and. While a Belmont is always a mainstay in the franchise, there's usually other people who show up every now and then, including Alucard, uh, Dracula's vengeful mm -hmm. son. Uh, and the primary player always plays a Belmont or a distant descendant of one, even if they have a different last name. So it's well, not hey, always. Where does, the, where does the name Alucard come from, by the way? I don't know. Dracula, because that, that's his dad. That, God damn it. That, that would be Dracula backwards because Dracula has no fucking creativity in his life. Oh, That's so cool. I'm going to name my child Ecart. Yeah, like I would, I understand why Alucard's pissed, but I would be upset if my dad named me Fedge. <laughs> I think I'd like you more if your name was Fedge. <laughs> Probably. Right. 
Oh, fuck. Uh, uh, what would I be? A, a Synod. Bad. I'd be Synod. Sweet. It's <laughs> actually damn. a badass name. I'll take it. Uh, so we'll start here. The official timeline, the story starts in 1094, and that's going to be Lament of Innocence is the, going to be the game title there. God, the title names are so metal, too. They're so oh, God. The, the titles of Castlevania names are the greatest. Yeah, everything just makes me want to, like, put eyeliner on again and, you know... <laughs> get out my skinny jeans and just listen to <laughs> i don't know did you, <laughs> did you just say again yeah what did you just say again were you literally an eyeliner wear no no okay definitely no, just checking here no yeah well i wished i was cool enough to you know be comfortable enough with my sexuality at that age to wear eyeliner but <laughs> but you weren't <laughs> i was gonna say i didn't know you during yeah. that period nah uh, so th- that's when this whole story starts technically in 1094 uh hey you know the drill a belmont's killing a a dracula so a dracula (laughs) we we get that here uh so interestingly enough the netflix series that just came out not that long ago is a loose adaptation of castlevania 3 dracula's curse which is technically second in the timeline and that one's set in 1476 so that's like oh damn near 400 years after lament of innocence so this is probably what this is Simon's or Lament of Innocence is like what Simon's great, 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 great <laughs> grandpa. A number of greats. Yeah, I don't yeah. even I don't even know. And it's not it's not Simon in Dracula's Curse. It's Leon. Oh, oh so is, is Leon the father of Simon? Si- Simon's Quest came out in 16 or was set in 1698. <laughs> so you're going back several more generations there. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, 400 years, that means Dracula's come back like four times. Yeah, once every 100 years, right? Yeah, so it's interesting that they decided to set that series not at the beginning, technically. Though, I'm just going to say up front here, the canon of Castlevania is so fucking twisted, it's been reshaped on a whim. Sometimes the the Konami website just updates and doesn't have a game in the canon anymore. (sighs) It's been pretty haphazard in a lot of places. So Lament of Innocence might not be part of the canon anymore. I'm not even sure. Huh. There's been a lot of hands in this in the Castlevania pot as well. Just a few. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a few like steady mainstay like overseers, but yeah, it's been it's changed hands a number of times. And, and we'll get to a little bit more of that later as well. Uh, so the battle with Dracula proceeds through fucking 20 Castlevania games at this point before his <laughs> ultimate demise, quote unquote, uh, where he was sealed in a solar eclipse because Dracula is brutal as fucking hell, by the way. <laughs> uh, after what they, they call him. of him, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't even know how that works, dude. But you think that would do the trick, right? Yeah, he's sealed in a so. solar eclipse. Yeah, uh, I guess you can't just cremate him, that's not in the cards. No, he's much more powerful than that, I guess. It's not metal enough either. <laughs> yeah no no not quite witches got cremated it's it's that's not even half as cool fuck his wife got cremated his wife got mm-hmm. burned alive witches got cremated that's a really nice way to say murdered <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's the way dracula would look at it uh so this happened after an event called the long war in which dracula and, and himself were at or dracula and himself dracula and humanity were at war um and this happened in 1897 which is coincidentally the year that Bram Stoker's vacu- Dracula came oh. and, and was set, by the way. Uh, and this was done by Quincy Morris, a distant descendant of the Belmonts. So while he has a different last name, he still is a Belmont technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dracula got killed off screen or out of a game. So 
the the long oh. war would be like a great place for Konami to be like, hey, we want to make more Castlevania. Here's how Dracula actually died. You get to actually kill him once and yeah. for all. Yeah, Only, it's good that they haven't done that yet. It's it's because it's Konami, right? They just yeah. don't want to make video games anymore. But if they did decide to come back or did decide to license that property out, gold mine right there. Yeah. Somewhere in the world, there's like 50 Castlevania pachinko machines. <laughs> I mean, they're probably not hard to find. I'm guessing there's like arcades in Japan that are just all Castlevania pachinko machines. <laughs> I'm looking at eBay right now. Okay. What is a pachinko machine? Let's just go off on this tangent real quick. It's just one of those little capsule things, right? Like you put a quarter in, you twist the thing, and a little little plastic capsule comes out with a little thing inside of it. Is that what you're talking about? That's... It's like a game. It's, it's a like a falling thing. Yeah. Game, oh. Right? oh, is it like That's... that thing that was Jinko Castlevania is an autofill? Yeah, of course. Uh, so is it like one of those things where you like drop the quarter and it bounces down the pegs and whatever lands in at the bottom is like your win? Is that what that is? You know, I got to look this shit up. Anyway, that has nothing to do with Castlevania. So we're going to go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he was sealed in a solar eclipse, he comes back. Because you can't keep a good Dracula down. From I just hear uh, the ghost from Destiny. That wizard came from the moon. <laughs> Dracula, Dracula came from the moon. <laughs> but he did, though. So, so does Castlevania Bloodlines. Dracula an alien yep. now? I guess he's not from the he's moon. He's just right? from the moon. Yeah. Yeah, he immigrated to the moon and then immigrated back. So <laughs> he's an expatriate, but from the moon. If that okay. makes any sense at all. Yeah, sure. So, so anyway, this happened in Castlevania Bloodlines, which was the Sega Genesis game. It was originally going to be a side story, but they made it like a full-on Castlevania thing. And this was set in 1917. So Dracula was dead for just over 100 years, 120 years. But he got resurrected in that game and was, of course, swiftly defeated almost immediately. Because you, the player, are the best. Of course we are. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and everybody played Bloodlines, so... Breaking walls and shit. Exactly. <laughs> Flinging your whip at shit, throwing <laughs> holy water. It's just, you're you're basically a god if you can kill Dracula 18,000 times. <laughs> so, of course, you guessed it. Because there are more games to be made, Dracula comes back again in years such as 1944 and 2036, which the was hell? the last game chronologically. Yes. There is a Castlevania game set during World War II, and then there's one set in the future. <laughs> actually, I believe I was, that there are is, two set in the future. Is the future, though, actually our past, or is it still the future for us? Is like the future 2008? No, 2035 and 2036. Oh, so we still got a few and, more years until Dracula comes back. Yeah, we might not even live that long. And there yeah. was actually an, an official novel released after this as well. Oh. Yeah, so Dracula's in the future. Again, more super nuts places for Konami to go if they want to bring back Castlevania, mm -hmm. though they never will. Uh, yeah, with, with that said, up on Konami making games. I'm already calling genetic clone of like Simon Belmont. They found his DNA or something like that. And then he's going to have a laser whip instead of the, the normal like chain whip. I would play that. Add it to my draft. It's coming out this year. He's <laughs> next week. It's getting announced. All right, fine. Which one? Also, Dracula can off? shoot lasers out of his eyes. He's <laughs> you can a robot already now. do that. Yeah. Already do that shit. Uh, so it is worth noting that there are technically two games in the series, uh, Castlevania Judgment and Harmony of Despair. Again, great name. Hell yes. Beyond time. So huh. I don't know, Purgatory or something? Yeah. 
None of that's confusing, right? We all know exactly what Castlevania is. Yeah, super straightforward and not all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> it actually, like, you're right on both accounts there because it is and it yeah, yeah. isn't. Anyway, let's get into the facts here. Does anybody know the first, the year that Castlevania first came out? 83? The first Castlevania no, dropped on 87. the Famicom system in Japan first. So, Correct. So uh, I don't really Sorry. know what time period this was. But <laughs> I'm I going to say my fun. fact, but not answer the actual question. <laughs> <laughs> here's what I know. Here's what I don't know. <laughs> it, no, yeah, it totally does. Uh, so if you were on Jeopardy, you would have got that wrong because it's the Famicom disc system. Thank you. Oh. I also didn't say what is the Famicom disc system, <laughs> fucking Trebek. <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. So, yeah, you would have been wrong. Uh, no, you're right. It came out on the Famicom. Uh, it what? was actually orig- originally in development for the NES, uh, but it came out in 1986 before being brought to the NES in America in 87. And I, from what I've read, it was not an overwhelming success in Japan. It was... a it was very much more successful in the States in comparison to Japan. And honestly, I think if it would have never left Japan, it, we would not, we wouldn't be looking at fucking 20 plus titles of Castlevania. I think you're absolutely right about that, which is probably one reason that Konami doesn't make games anymore because that's probably still the case. You're probably, yeah, I think you're right. I don't know that. (laughs) Is, do you think it's just the Japanese market? I Yeah, I mean, especially these days, the Japanese market is so saturated with things like mobile games and pachinko machines. Right. That <laughs> the, the sales just aren't quite there for a lot of stuff. I mean, there are definitely hits that to be had, especially like Sony stuff right now does really well over there, of course. And <laughs> Nintendo stuff, of course. But yeah, I, I think I haven't looked at the specific numbers and I don't live in Japan, so I, I can't tell you like for sure. Right. But things that aren't popular over here are popular over there and things that are popular here are not popular there, like as a general statement. Yeah, like but, J-pop. <laughs> well, I mean, sure. Yes. Anything where you speak Japanese exclusively. I guess yeah. anime is a pretty big difference. I mean, anime is not like immensely popular over here, but there are definitely a lot of diehard fans. American adaptations of animes definitely end up different, though, from Japanese. And also, we call ourselves otakus. Thank you very much. Sorry. (laughs) I'm done talking about this. Straightening my fedora (laughs) and sitting next to my body pillow. All right, well, then let's go back to Castlevania and stop talking about otakus. Interesting to note, and I found this incredibly fascinating, the disc system version actually featured saving before the feature was removed for the international release. The Famicom uh, was a... also able to handle different uh, different formats of audio, and the audio in the Famicom versions and the music tends to be a little cooler and a little better in the Japanese version. Yeah, they definitely had better audio hardware on that thing, and I'm assuming because it read from a disc, and it also was basically like a little computer, so they was able to actually have saving where the NES did not. Hmm. Well, yeah, Super Nintendo is where saving actually hit, right? I no i i don't know saved on cart level but like nes stuff didn't yeah yeah you're right i don't i think that's right the n64 was the first one that i ever like actually owned so i that's just my first memory of like being able to save shit look if you're listening to this and you think we're idiots feel free to hit us up on social media and just tell us that (laughs) please do also if you're listening to this and you think we're idiots you're right. Congratulations. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. You could not be more right if you tried. So from there, 
Castlevania. All right. So Trace, you said like 20 games or something. What's that? All in all games, compilation spinoffs. There have been 40 different Holy Castlevania shit. things released. In <laughs> that total, is a lot. Yeah. In total, 20 million copies sold or more than 20 million copies sold of this series. Wait, what? When did the first game come out? 86 in Japan. <laughs> so that's more than a title a year since <laughs> the game has come out. And that's to today. Uh, so not even since they released the last Castlevania game or anything like that. Um, yeah, there were, what was it, Trace? Like a three-year period where five games came out or some shit? Uh, yeah, there, uh, <laughs> let, me, let me scroll up. But yeah, there was, so Castlevania in 86, Simon's Quest in 87, Haunted Castle in 88, 89 saw Castlevania the Adventure and Castlevania 3. So there's a two-title year. They skipped to 90 and then Castlevania 2, Belmont's Revenge, and Super Castlevania 4 dropped in 91. Yeah. It's a lot of Castlevania. Jesus, so, yeah. Yeah. So keep in mind, a, a lot of this is like a Japanese release and then an American release under different names, so slightly different games, so they qualify as two different games. Right. But there have been a ton of Castlevanias. There have been a ton. I'm actually looking at uh, video game charts here where they usually show sales numbers, but they do not have anything here. There are 50 listed on this thing. Holy ah, shit. Yeah. So there have been a ton. There have also been a number of associated works like early comic books and the ne- Castlevania Netflix series. Uh, there are rumors that there's going to be a Castlevania movie with uh, James Wan and Paul W.S. Anderson. But oh. honestly, this franchise Live is too big to not have like a big budget movie right now. So, so that's the thing. Like, that's kind of the point to this whole, the whole reason that I really want to talk about it. I'm not just because Konami put out an, an anniversary collection two weeks ago now, which had a bunch of cool games in it. It's just that like, everybody knows Castlevania. Everybody feels something for Castlevania, at least one entry in the series, but it's not this super beloved series where like, if a new Castlevania got announced, I doubt there would be too much of like excitement for it. Yeah. Because yeah, I think a large pool of of people that currently play games weren't around for the Castlevania heyday. Yeah, I don't I don't think a side scroll like that would work. I mean, look at Mighty Number no. 9 or the actual Mega Man game they tried to make within the last couple of years that were just awful and no one actually. Yeah, I know that I missed the boat on it and I'm 25. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, not even that. Like let's imagine just for a moment that Konami's like, "Hey, we want to go back to Castlevania. We're going to make this Super solid looking again because we haven't played it yet. Super solid looking RPG that has some of like the nemesis system from Shadow of Mordor, let's say, and it's going to be set during the Long War. I would be excited about that. Would other people necessarily get super jazzed about that? I don't know. They'd have to have one hell of a pitch in order to pull it off, I think. Yeah. Like, like the Netflix series did because. I mean, no, it's, I know it's not the game, but that particular product catered more to us old folk than anything. Yeah. And there's plenty yeah. of older people who play games like your target demographic for most games sits between that 25 and 40 range. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that somebody would try to pry on that nostalgia. But I just don't think it's quite there. I think people are like, oh, Symphony of the Night. I fucking loved that game. I know what Castlevania is because the story's been pretty consistent throughout them all. But it's not it's not Metal Gear. It's not Mario. You know, it's not one of those series that just has this like super passionate, large audience. Yeah. 
even though it's pervasive as fucking hell. I could probably ask my parents <laughs> if they know what Castlevania is, and they probably would have an answer. I'm that that also says something. If you know your parents, not your parents specifically, but you know what I mean. Just in general, like parents of yeah. the sixty-year-old range. Yeah, like absolutely. So anyway, we said before. I'll say it again. At the heart of almost every Castlevania game, you have two things. You have Dracula and you have the castle. This castle that morphs and changes appearances from game to game, but it is still that same castle. And even in a lot of these games, the basic layout is similar and certain rooms are the same. So it actually is one of these really cool aspects of like playing these different games and seeing different things and then coming across these familiar areas. Do the newer games still have turkey hidden in the walls? You mean the 3D stuff? No. <laughs> No, we're just not even going to count those for the time being. Okay. <laughs> but that is to say, I think they did a really good job of environmental storytelling in those super basic early games because you could just see that shit. You could just understand that like, oh, I've seen this room before in Simon's Quest, even though I'm playing Castlevania 3 right now. You know, I, I just think that's really cool. Innovative, I would say. Definitely. So then I have a question to ask you guys. Let her rip. If I say the name Castlevania, what is the first thing that you think of that's not Dracula or Belmont? Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> that's like the toughest question in the fucking world. Like, I honestly, I just think of the first thing that comes to mind is like the difficulty that sir, like the, the talk of how difficult the first couple games were or the first several games that surround the series and how it was just like when you strip down and have like a guide and you're practiced and you do well, you can finish Castlevania one in like 10 minutes or less. Yeah, <laughs> there is like 10 minutes of content there, but somehow they found a way to milk your ass for many hours of failing and sucking and mm. dying. <laughs> and I think they really ramped it up in Simon's quest, especially with the uh, with the night cycles. Yeah, I just think the difficulty of the that surrounds the series first thought that jumps to my head. Okay, that's valid. That's absolutely valid. And, and the soundtrack. Yes. Everyone talks about how hard yes. Castlevania was and how fucking dope the music was. <laughs> music is the best part in my book. Honestly, I think I think the I the real hero of this series is the is the people making the music. Absolute fucking bangers those songs in just about every game. Do they slap? Oh, yeah. They fucking they slap. slap as the kids. They say. rip. Damn. They fucking slam. They bang. Are they, they fire yank, emoji? They, they're fucking they're on fire fleek. emoji. They're on fleek. They're what else? I'm out. I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I'm out of them. They, I got they jewel. They fucking jewel <laughs> the shit out of you. <laughs> okay. The kids do or the games do? <laughs> both. The games are like they a fucking do. a nice rip off of a new jewel pod. They dab all over that shit. They floss. <laughs> anyway, oh, good for I was trying to get Cut you that to out of the podcast. I regret everything that we, I said. No, we managed <laughs> to fit a fucking old uncle segment into every <laughs> damn show. Look, we're talking about a game from 1980 fucking six. Of course, we're going to get an old uncle segment, but okay, fine. Lots of old the uncles listening was, to this. <laughs> the word I was trying to pull from your fucking brain was Metroidvania because oh, everybody. Yep. Everybody and their fucking brother knows the genre of Metroidvania, which is obviously a cross between Metroid and Castlevania, because those two had this certain level design where you have a map, you go to a place, you get an item and it allows you to access earlier parts of the map and you branch off a little bit. But 
Castlevania wasn't really a Metroidvania until Symphony of the Night, which is everyone's favorite. It's got to be everyone's favorite Castlevania game. Yeah, right? that was the first one that I had ever heard about. Yeah, I pulled and the first one I had thought about our... playing when I thought about replaying the game. Yeah, I pulled like a handful of uh, our friends and stuff that are in our Discord server. Find a link for that in the show notes, by the way. Uh, I pulled people in the Discord just asking like what some of their favorite moments in Castlevania and the the answers that we got pretty much surrounded Symphony of the Night, whether it be the halfway point where you reach 100% and you feel like you've just completed an incomplete game and now you have another 100% to go. Yeah, it was like a fucking revelation at the time. (laughs) And apparently there are uh, there are secret rooms that should be unaccessible, but ex- like if you access them, the game recognizes it and people can actually push their percentage of completion beyond 200%. Huh. That's amazing. I think, and I don't mean to go off on another tangent here, but that's the beauty of these old games, especially something like a cult classic like Symphony of the Night, is people still play it to this day and they still find more of this shit. And I think that's fucking crazy. Yeah. My... My memory of Symphony of the Night is extremely clouded. I don't remember much of it. I probably haven't played it since the first time I played it, which was probably pretty close to when it came out. But I mean, th- that game's the one that receives the most praise. That one has like the highest sales numbers. Well, it might have the highest sales numbers. Uh, according to some resources, that is probably the best selling Castlevania game and the 21st best selling Konami game, period. Uh, it's gotten more than 1.27 million copies sold this is across playstation saturn psp 360 ps4 vita even this game has seen a lot of releases and like there's there's a reason for that this is the game that helped launch a genre this essentially put castlevania on the map even though it was i don't know half a dozen games into this series maybe more i mean you gotta hit your stride eventually right like that's finally they did one thing and it clicked and it just it worked yeah i can't tell you what it is but yeah me too right exactly uh interesting note real quick konami still calls lords of shadow uh the the 3d konami assisted game which will or kojima assisted i'm sorry uh we'll talk more about that later but that is considered by konami the single most successful castlevania title in the history of the series but financially that does not appear to work out (laughs) But of course, they're going to say that, especially yeah. since that's like their newest property. Right. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't have anything else to say about Symphony. I wish I did. I wish I played more of it more recently, but fond fucking memories. I can tell you that much. Yeah, I agree. It's I probably only played it a handful of times. Ooh, Buster's very passionate about Castlevania as well. <laughs> he loves Symphony of the Night. He's like, let me tell you about these branching paths. Hell uh, yeah, so that anyway, soundtrack's so dope. And that soundtrack slaps, son. <laughs> He's just howling. Cool. Uh, so let's let's talk more about the facts here. Uh, so the series lead is is officially Koji Igarashi. He's been on ninety percent of the games. Uh, he's he's credited on almost all of them. Uh, as they continue to produce sequels, though, to cater to the fans of the series, which again were limited, but it seems pretty strong willed. Um, experienced players would just race through the levels in the early games. Mm-hmm. So. New new players to the series, though, would struggle because of the difficulty, as we mentioned before. So they wanted to make a title that would be more widely appreciated across play levels and extend the gameplay time of of the game. Mm. So that's when Igarashi and the team 
looked like to use ideas from the legend of zelda series and that's when they made symphony of the night and so okay that have, makes sense yeah so they had this like pseudo large open world to explore key items uh ability to improve the character in like a role-playing game sense so it that's why they adapted that philosophy that would eventually shape the rest of those games is because essentially new players were having a tough time and seasoned players were having too easy of a time which i think is fucking cool people don't yeah. like game developers don't necessarily do that anymore so at least not at least not as vocally as as igarashi seemed to be at the time hmm. so again he worked on most of the castlevania games up to uh 2010 which was harmony of despair um then he moved into like a more advisory role but he is now in charge of producing the bloodstained games which are essentially castlevania games under a different name since he isn't producing them through konami of course like how kojima eventually will make a battle gear and just call it like something exactly the same but slightly different yeah is that what you mean uh and so i read through an ama of his and he was talking about games that were like his best work other games that he's worked on because he's known for castlevania but he's done other things uh he considers a game called totemeki memorial Go ahead. <laughs> Tokimeki Memorial, uh, a dating sim. He considers that to be his best work. And he quotes, it actually caused a minor social revolution and changed in change in thinking in the Japanese society when it was released. So wow. while, Cas- while Castlevania has obviously been influential as hell, he still considers this dating sim that he made to be a revolution. His best game. Among, yeah. Among the Japanese audience. And I think that's fascinating. I've never even heard of this game before, but I kind of want to check it out. Actually, Kojima worked on it as well. This was the game that I was talking about that I believe happened before Metal Gear. And the two of them worked together on the game. And obviously, I don't think Hideo Kojima was really a fan of working on a dating sim. But apparently this... Oh, dude. That sounds right up his fucking wheelhouse. Are you kidding me? Just all of the weird posters and porn magazines from the Metal Gear games put into their own games. (laughs) Hell yeah, man. He seems like the kind of person that would do whatever the fuck he wanted to and that's what he's trying to do right now. He sounds right? like a horny dude is what he sounds like. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> How dare you? How fucking dare you? What? <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice dude, okay? You're going to tell me people that spend 10 hours a day programming a dating sim aren't horny people? He's not Depends wrong, on the bro. dating sim. Fine. Like, look, I played Dream Daddy, okay? I don't think anyone who made that game is actually. You don't think Aaron Hansen was rock hard the entire time he was thinking? No, of that I don't game? think so. I could I be wrong. wrong. I could be absolutely wrong. But also, he was very young at the time, right? He was like thirty. I don't know. He's because he was older than he looks. But anyway, yeah, that's true. Blame it on the hormones is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, so anyway, during Symphony of the Night, they made a like an official timeline for the developers. Right? They wanted to have this thing that was laid out. Like, oh, yo, here's everything so that we can make this game here's all the information and it was basically just a design document it was never intended to become like part of the canon but slowly but surely it did and igarashi not really a fan of that uh, in an interview with wired.com he says he regrets creating it because of the fact that dracula only comes back every 100 years mm-hmm. so eventually they ran out of places to put games <laughs> even though yeah, they somehow he can't come back it. multiple times in the, the 100 year year yeah what? and yeah they still eventually did that i don't exactly know how um but this is the, the sort of thing that led lords of shadow the 3d one and its sequel to be set in like a different universe in like a side universe mm. because that 
was adopted as canon for better or for worse. So back on the topic of the original, did y'all know that the original Castlevania has been remade four times? What? So there's like Castlevania remastered or like the same game, but a different game. <laughs> oh, so there's, okay, Cas- okay. there's Castlevania for the Famicom and the NES. There's mm-hmm. Vampire Killer for the MSX, which is the same game under a different name. Haunted Castle came out in arcades. Castlevania 4 for the SNES is Castlevania 1 under a different name. And Castlevania Chronicles for the PS1. Huh. Those are all all essentially the same game. And it inflates this 40 to 50 number of titles just that much more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess if you added up all of the Resident Evils, like between the Japan and American titles, you probably have quite a few of them. You probably wouldn't have 50 of them, but you'd have a lot. <laughs> More than there most series, I agree with you. Yeah, there are a ton of those, and we'll cover that in some other episode, I'm sure. But, but no, man, right. the, the spooky seeking Americans really, really freaking help this out, I think, because this this franchise is huge. Or it's not huge. It's it's a big franchise here, though. It's not Call of Duty, but if you compare every franchise to Call of Duty, it they all fall short. Yeah. Yeah, except like Mario and GTA, probably. Yeah, and maybe actually, maybe Warcraft. You know, we just talked about those numbers like I don't know a month ago, right? When Call of Duty finally broke the three hundred million or whatever, mm-hmm. and I totally forgot all of that. <laughs> I, I know Mario was there twice. That's all I remember. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you're right. And looking into more and more of the Castlevania stuff, like this shit is my jam. Like I really wish they would make this into like a proper three D game. Oh, it's so fucking cool. It, I mean, it's just kind, it reminds me kind of along the lines of Devil May Cry, but vampires instead of demons. Yeah. And like a lot more real world influences that mm-hmm. not like real, like real world and fictional influences that are <laughs> real vampires, <laughs> not the fake ones. Well, I meant real world as in like Hollywood movies and things like that. Right. But more on that later. The last thing I want to say about these little tidbits and facts here. Uh, character designs for Castlevania Judgment, which is one of the more recent games, uh, were actually done by Takeshi Ovada, who wrote Death Note, the, the Death Note manga. So I thought that was pretty fucking neat. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some of the references that are in these games. Uh, so the first one, obviously the biggest reference with any vampire thing, Bram Stoker's Dracula. And apparently that's canon in the series. That book exists in this series. <laughs> I'm sure Dracula loves it, too. I bet he does. No, I mean, it came out the year he was put into the solar eclipse. So I don't know that he's read it yet. (laughs) To be honest, I'm not sure. Uh, So I thought that was wild. I mean, a lot of times things, when they have their influences, they don't like say, yo, this is a thing and it's in our thing. It's like a, it's like Spaceballs saying that star Wars is a movie in their universe. Right? Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Not something that works. Uh, And so there's, literally countless references to classic horror and, and historical figures in these games. So I just want to talk about a few, obviously Dracula, Dracula was a real person. I don't know if any of y'all know this. He wasn't a vampire, but he was a real person. He uh, was a very name, nice, loving person, right? Yeah. yeah his name totally like to drink the didn't blood of his enemies. Totally nice. Yeah. <laughs> his name wasn't literally Dracula Vlad Tepesh, Vlad Tepesh, which means the impaler in English, obviously didn't. Uh, so yeah uh that is literally the name of the romanian dude of yesteryear who yes impaled people drank their blood was a super fucking weirdo yeah you gotta insert a (laughs) fucking kick-ass guitar riff in there we talked a little little bit earlier about alucard right 
that wasn't his official name and i fucking love his name by the way his name in the manual is adrian fahrenheit tepesh fahrenheit <laughs> which is fucking <laughs> legit dude. his cousin oh, kelvin kelvin <laughs> and his sister celsius it's that's legit like i love it uh so obviously the, the tepesh name is a callback to that entire family uh and interestingly enough in symphony of the night there's the power of sire that you can use it's one of your special abilities i don't remember what they're called in the game but when you use it there's actually a real life portrait of vlad the impaler that shows on screen like yeah. it's it just it's like you know transparent or whatever but you can actually see the actual vlad and i think that's hilarious I mean, I guess I guess I kind of understand the Vlad the Impaler nickname because it's a lot cooler than Vlad the Massage Therapist. <laughs> I would love to be Vlad the Massage Therapist. <laughs> can you imagine going to get a you, you can be Vlad the Massage Therapist. <laughs> Hello, no, my name me. is Vladimir. Please lay on your back and remove your underwear. <laughs> I want to be Vlad the so-so but not great accountant. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, anyway, there's obviously a ton of other characters in Castlevania that are super fucked up. Uh, in Castlevania Bloodlines, there was a boss called Elizabeth Bartley, who was based on the serial killer Elizabeth the Blood Countess Bathory. Uh, she never faced trial, but she was accused of murdering hundreds of girls. And there's actually legends that say she bathed in the blood of virgins to retain her youth. I think it's oh. really fucked up. It's really fucking brutal. It's really fucking metal. And God, I love Castlevania, dude. Wait, did it work, though? I don't know. <laughs> She's probably dead now, but how can we be sure? Well, then it didn't Hitler's work. Hitler's in Cuba. Elizabeth Bathory's in fucking Guatemala. I don't know, man. They're all hiding out somewhere. I don't support that conspiracy theory, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm putting my foot down. We'll <laughs> and then we'll move on. Uh, so in Symphony of the Night, there's actually like a Cthulhu boss, which I fucking love. Uh, it bears very little resemblance to the Lovecraft creature uh, you know the description of the lovecraft creature but it is literally called cthulhu um but later there's a boss called malachi which looks almost identical to the lovecraftian <laughs> cthulhu that you recognize i think it's wild i don't really know why they did it but it's it's cool i mean i love me some cthulhu i know matt does as well uh -huh. so lovecraft in general i should say that had to have been the idea of like an intern where they're like man i really want we really want to use cthulhu in this and he's like guys wait what if we make someone that doesn't look like Cthulhu and name him Cthulhu and then take, like, a Mexican dude and name him Cthulhu? <laughs> I bet you, I bet you it was like that, but it was like an intern saying like, yo, we should put Cthulhu in here. And they're like, yeah, but we don't have the license for the image. So we just got to make something that looks a little weird. Right. And then they fired that guy and then they made a new character and it looked exactly like Cthulhu. They're like, yeah, that was our idea the whole time. Fucking Craig gets no credit for that one. Poor Craig. Poor, Poor Craig. Craig. Poor Japanese game developer, Craig. All right, so moving on, the one last boss I want to talk about in Simon's Quest, actually, Trace's favorite game, uh, Camilla, or Carmilla, I'm sorry. Uh, she's based on a character from a novel of the exact same name, which predated Dracula by 26 years, and she's a lesbian vampire, but she hides her identity with a masquerade mask. And I read that book like a long-ass time ago, and it was fucking nuts, but that's another really cool callback to vampire lore. Vampire. Yeah. Especially when Dracula is the thing that people remember, you know? All right. So on the topic of the developers of this game, and this, I think is like a, a little known fact, but I, I think this is fucking wild. So during the 8-bit era, Japanese game developers had to go by pseudonyms, mostly because yeah. game companies 
wanted to diminish headhunting from rival companies. And also they wanted to make sure that they didn't like if somebody saw their name there or if they had credit for it, they could ask for like more money. Right. Which is super fucking shady. But they got some amusing like pun related credits, even though nobody knows who was actually involved with this shit. Yeah, you just have to sit there and like watch the credits with your family. You're like, oh, look, huge ass. That's me. I'm huge ass. <laughs> I'm huge ass. I swear to God I am. They're like, no, you're not. I'm like, I promise you, you're not. Uh, so in other games like, you know, Mario, Sonic, Mega Man, there are the pseudonyms are like very closely related and have actually been traced back to the creators. Right. Well, in Castlevania, because of their like penchant for paying homage to like classic horror and all these other things, all of their pseudonyms were based on like famous people with ties to classic horror. So that's people like Bram Stoker. There's a Vran Stoker, uh, Christopher Lee, obviously uh, Christopher B, Bella Lugosi, Bello Lugosi. Like there's just these names that are reminiscent of these famous people, not the people who actually worked on it. So the true actual creator of Castlevania is still a mystery. And Apparently nobody's talking about it. Like nobody's found out yet. Uh, there are definitely people who have, are trying to figure it out. Uh, the best guess right now, according to the in- internet, is a Mister Hitoshi Akamatsu, who um, has apparently disappeared. Like he's just gone. Yeah, he's untrackable. Yeah, which is crazy. Like I don't know. I guess some de- developers may want that, but that's like the opposite of what you want. You want your name to be huge and like, hey, this dude kicks ass hire this guy to make your game right like yo you you created castlevania sick we got something to talk to you about but no he apparently doesn't want that like he has never admitted to it he hasn't fucking by all accounts disappeared he may have even passed away like we don't actually know there have been things like kickstarters developed to like raising funds to find who created castlevania or to find this dude and it hasn't actually panned out but interestingly he also is said to have been a part of the, the creation team for Snake's Revenge. Um, they worked on Castlevania's 1 through 3. They worked on Snake's Revenge. And that, w- that was Metal Gear 2, right, for the MSX. No, I'm sorry. Well, I was saying, I'm what is, even is the MSX? Is that just some console that I've never heard of before? Yeah, that's a super old console. Um, it was, I want to say, primarily a Japanese thing. Oh, okay. I'm clicking. Jacob, yes, the MSX <laughs> was a fucking home computer by Microsoft and Sony. Oh, really? Technically speaking. Technically what a speaking. wild collaboration in hindsight. <laughs> it's it's fucking weird. So it was it was um Microsoft's like architecture and Sony's manufacturing, essentially, or one of the manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Uh so this is a console from like 83. Like this is a super old thing. So back to what I was saying before, incorrectly, Akamatsu was a part of the Snake's Revenge team, which is what led Kojima to create Metal Gear 2 because he found out that Snake's Revenge was in development at Konami, like against his wishes. And so Kojima, like to this day, has called Snake's Revenge a crap little game. Like he he does not think that that deserves Snake's name, doesn't deserve to be part of Metal Gear at all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have a hot little take about Hideo Kojima, but I think the man is a fucking control freak, despite his talent. Oh, just a little bit? 
That is the not man. a hot take, Trace. Okay, that's okay, good. known. <laughs> that is a very he's a control freak. <laughs> he's he's a fucking perfectionist. He's probably an extreme narcissist, but god damn it, does he get results? Right? He's every right. other genius out there. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not so you're not can... as talented of an artist as him without being a bit of a fucking psycho. <laughs> exactly. Like that's that's the thing, right? That there's a reason. That's the stereotype of big successful artists, but. This is all to say that we can probably thank the creator of Castlevania for the creation of the Metal Gear series, because Metal Gear 2 would not have happened if Snake's Revenge didn't happen, because it was made entirely in retaliation for that game. And I think that's fucking wild, and I love it. <laughs> Again, we don't know if this is the same person, if this person actually is the person involved in all this, but... Yeah, all of this is shrouded in mystery. It, like, hinges it on is... if this person is actually a real person or not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, there is a person behind this. But we don't know if this is that person, if it's the same person in both cases. Either way, I love 80s and 90s Japanese game development history. It's so wild. So obviously, this was on Nintendo systems, right? Castlevania, Nintendo. Yeah, SNES. Until it hit, uh, what, Symphony in the Night, which was on PlayStation 1? Okay, we technically it's been on like MSX and other shit like that. But I mean, like point is this came out of Nintendo stuff until mm-hmm. like PS1 and stuff like that. Right. I uh, mean, if Sega, it hadn't Sega been Saturn successful well. on Nintendo, it would have never reached the PlayStation games and everything else that came after that. Yeah, exactly. And especially was, in those it days. Was birthed in the Nintendo uh, <laughs> era. It was it was birthed out of Nintendo's loins. And especially <laughs> in those days, Nintendo of America was super sensory about their shit. They censored the shit out of everything. They had the Nintendo seal of approval, you know, on their game saying like, yo, this is good. We, we Nintendo approve this. You did not get a game on a Nintendo system without that. So they would sexual um, sexual. They would censor <laughs> sexual content. Uh, like strong violence and like bad language and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. They also would get rid of like overtly religious images, but interestingly enough, the NES like Castlevania had that shit. It had the crosses. It had, you know, the religious imagery. Even I wonder if it's like, because it's like a different connotation. It's not like overtly like pushy for, for religion. If that makes any sense, like it's, more dracula thing than it is a christianity thing right i think jacob's saying that like the game isn't geared toward like trying to make people anti-evil like it's it's kind of embracing like the spooky side of society yeah yeah i mean you might be right about that it seems like that would be more so the reason to censor it right also nintendo was fucking neurotic with with like if you want to have a game on nintendo it needs to follow this regulation this regulation this regulation 30 minutes later, this regulation and sign here, please. Like yeah. You had to like the, the, the audio format had to be, had to fit what Nintendo wanted. Otherwise it didn't happen. Right. And like, coincidentally that made a lot of fucking great ass games and soundtracks and shit as we spoke of before, but I don't know. It's really interesting that those didn't get the type of censorship that like even animal crossing games have had religious stuff removed from them. And I guess that's more oh. geared towards children. Like, I get that. But I don't know. It's just interesting. It's just interesting to see that sort of shit make it and mm-hmm. and do well. Like, it might be another reason that Castlevania succeeded. Could you imagine those games without the religious imagery? Yeah, it'd be fucked. There would be it'd no be game. Fucked. I mean, <laughs> like, the, how, do you, how do you defeat Simon's Dracula? Simon's whip is literally a cross at the handle. Like, Yeah. And I, they may not have, like, split that hair too finely there, but... <laughs> I mean, that's what a sword looks like, right? It's got a fucking yeah. button. If you turn it upside down, you know, like whatever. Um, 
but yeah, it just, I, I can't imagine it. I, I can't think of that. So super influential game. A number of other things can be attributed to calling back to Castlevania, right? For instance, the creators of Game of Thrones, everybody's favorite TV series, nothing wrong with it ever. <laughs> Definitely nothing bad to say about it today. No, absolutely not. So they they had to hire people to create the High Valyrian language for like when the third season of the show was happening and they were introducing that language on screen, right? right. So they hired this guy named David J. Peterson. He was given free reign to create a language. He's, he's a linguist, so he like knows what he's doing. So like, yo, just just do it. Make it believable. Do that sort of thing. You imagine sitting well, down like your average person like, hey, make a language real quick. And you're like, um, <laughs> water is retaw. <laughs> this is all backwards. It's fine. It works perfectly. Uh, so he, he is an admitted fan of the Castlevania games and the word for chain in high Valyrian is Belmon, which is obviously a callback to the Belmonts of the series, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. I actually don't even remember them saying chain, but I'm sure that they did at some point in that series. I'm sure with Daenerys's titles, it came out the breaker of Belmon, but yeah, mm-hmm. the, 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 the Belmon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's, that's a really nice callback, uh, obviously referencing the vampire killer, which is the whip, which can be upgraded to have a chain in uh, Simon's quest. So I think that's really cool. Other less thing, less um, logical references. I would say um, Roxy Richter X number four in the Scott Pilgrim books and movie. Uh, she's a reference to Richter Belmont and she has a whip. Ooh. Like it's, it's pretty fun. I want to go back and watch the movie and see if maybe they play like a Castlevania theme or something when she shows up. Cause all of the evil exes have their own like music. Yeah, knowing Edgar Wright, I would totally believe that that's a thing that's in there. Uh, so, and then back to uh, Hideo Kojima, obviously, the Metal Gear dude. Um, he had other things to his credit before his name. Uh, Point and Click Adventures, Snatcher, uh, which was essentially a Blade Runner, Police Knots, which was essentially Lethal Weapon in Space. Dating sim. <laughs> and a dating sim, and just like a bunch of other shit, right? Like, he, he's not a one-trick pony. But when he made Snatcher, and it got the English release on the Sega CD... Uh, which you know was censored in, in parts. There is a strip club in that game. And in the Sega CD version and later the PlayStation version, Simon Belmont and Dracula are having a drink in the strip club. Oh, so really? Yeah. So obviously Kojima was a fan of these games and obviously he worked at Konami. Um, wow, he was a what fan a of horrible games. night to have a drink with Dracula what in a, a strip horrible club. horrible night to have a drink in a strip club. <laughs> While Snatcher is ha- while Blade Runner is happening in the background, right? <laughs> so even before he would go on to be involved in 2010's Lord of Shadow, he he had this affinity for Castlevania. It wasn't just you know, hey, this company makes these two things, so why don't I do that? Uh, so Castlevania Lords of Shadow was developed in Spain rather than the usual Japan. So Kojima was brought in to like give feedback on design elements. He handled the Japanese localization. He even voiced the Chupacabra in the game and brought over <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Four actors um, to like you know participate in this game. Interestingly enough, though, because this went for like less of a Japanese anime style and more of like a Spanish influence, uh, they were directly in- influenced by Guillermo del Toro, known Kojima collaborator these days, which is fucking cool yeah that's kind of crazy both of those their, men their partnership goes much further back than pt then yeah i assume that they're because i mean del toro makes fucking wild stories right and kojima has this super big love for movies even though one's spanish and one's japanese 
there is a like certain connection there from these two different mm-hmm. cultures where they make similar things in different mediums and and just that sort of stuff though to be honest i can't think of two better suited people to work together right <laughs> two weirder motherfuckers to collaborate yeah and to make something that i'm gonna love so even further down this rabbit hole there's a Yu-Gi-Oh card called the Vampire Hunter, and I bet you guess where I'm going with this. <laughs> the man on the card looks a lot like Alucard from Symphony of the Night. He's got a whip. He's got all the shit. The well, I, the Japanese name for the card is Vampire Killer, which is the name of the whip. Mm-hmm. And Dracula's Castle is in the background of this card, so pretty big, like straight up lifted from like Castlevania covers Dracula's Castle. Yeah, like one of them uh, again, like nice. shape shifting castle and whatever. But it's pretty. You look at it and you're like, oh yeah, it's that's pretty on the nose. Castle. Like, yeah. like fucking, of course. Especially with you know the look of the character, the whip, and the name and all that. It just triggers in your brain at the very least. So we're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep going down. Uh, in 2011, Konami released a mobile game because that's what they were doing in 2011 called Crazy Kart Racing, which include Dracula from the Castlevania series as well as other characters like Pyramid Head. Uh, Frogger, Rocket Knight from Rocket Knight Adventures, oh. and all this other shit. Like they still had this like weird affinity for their Castlevania characters, even as they were making like these weird spinoffs and stuff. Like they recognized that people actually love the series, love these characters, and maybe I'm just so why them. not put them in go karts? Why not put them in go karts? Why not put them in like directly in Smash Bros? Why not make a new Castlevania game? Mm-hmm. Why not? Why the hell not? Hey, have you done that Castlevania level in World of Light yet? I don't think so. What's uh? Oh, it's got the music, I assume. Yep, and you like go, you fight through Dracula's castle, and you got to shoot cannons at what shit to like blow it up. I mean, it, it just shoots in a straight line, so you basically have to like find cannonballs and load them into cannons to break down walls to further the path. But it's pretty cool. Weird. <laughs> does does that mode get super crazy? That's not what we're here to talk about. No, we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> wait, wait, no, we'll talk about it now. We can cut it out of this podcast and just transplant it into fuck off. You don't yesterday's edit podcast. Shut it's up. like it sounds just... like you're making a lot of work for Trace right here. Look, I think we're going a little long. We got a couple more points here to wrap up, and then we'll do our closing shit, and we'll talk about that next time, Jacob. Okay, okay, not Fair next enough. time, but it's going to be the time after that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so real quick, we touched on this before, um, the Game Boy Advance games, Aria of Sorrow and Dawn of Sorrow are set in the two thousands. Uh, this is long after the other entries in the series. I just forgot to mention you play as Soma Cruz and you find out that you are the reincarnation of Dracula. Oh, damn. Yeah. (laughs) I just almost smashed my forehead into my microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, man. I didn't, I didn't want to offend you. Uh, yeah, I, I should have, you know, this should have been before this is a formatting issue on my part, but it's fucking nuts. Okay. And again, we still have not seen when Dracula was fucking put away. And I think that's mm-hmm. a goddamn shame. So is even he actually, though, I mean, if, if he just returns every hundred years, do like, can you really actually die? Yeah. <laughs> can you really count on a hero to put him away forever? Because Apparently not. 40, 40 or 50 titles deep in a series, you really think they're, they're going to cut it off there? Apparently they are. Well, yeah, yeah, it, it's a good <laughs> title. Yeah, so never mind. For one reason or another, apparently they are. But even though there have been 40 to 50 titles, there have also been two canceled games, at least. Wow. Uh, Castlevania Resurrection. <laughs> yeah, at least two. Castlevania Resurrection was uh, in development for the Dreamcast, and that was going to be starring Sonya Belmont, which is going to be the only female from the Belmont family at the time, um, who was featured in the Game Boy Advance Castlevania Legends. And it looked like a primitive Dark Souls game. Really? And it 
yeah like it it's the kind of direction that i think they should have gone with this or like they should go with this series let's say it's like third person game or was it a side scroller it was like a third person holy shit on the game boy advance no this is for the dreamcast oh (laughs) yeah still still Uh, shit i think the dreamcast had about as much processing power as a game boy advance man no but sure (laughs) (laughs) so anyway this game was going to come out but when the dreamcast died the game died with it so fast forward a few years lords of shadow 2 they started making like nods to that game right as like this unfinished Mm -hmm. thing um victor belmont is your person in in uh lords of shadow 2 is your character is your main protagonist let's say and the game's producer david cox said that they were going to use julius belmont from aria of sorrow but didn't want to offend igarashi so (laughs) because because legends was stripped of canon due to the female belmont that's its own problem we won't get into that um it now exists in an alternate timeline and one of the characters they pulled out which was not a female was victor and then that's where they put into lords of shadow 2 oh yeah fucking crazy yeah i'm trying I feel like Pepe Sylvia right now, like Charlie in that episode, seeing looking at all the red string tying everything together. This is fucking everywhere. Connecting the it's timelines. The Castlevania is nuts. And I, I really want to go back and play more of these. I, I have that anniversary collection, which I think is really cool. Uh, we'll what touch does that, on that include? We'll touch on that right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so it has Castlevania, Simon's Quest, Dracula's Curse, Super Castlevania 4, Castlevania The Adventure, Castlevania 2... Belmont's Revenge, which I, I again, these names are fucking confusing to me. Castlevania yeah. Bloodlines, which was the Genesis version. Kid Dracula, which is a super spinoff and has never been released in English before. Oh, is that and like Young also- Sheldon? Oh, <laughs> I'm assuming so. <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet, but I hope it's a lot better than that. Uh, and then it has this uh, Book of the Crescent Moon, a history of Castlevania included in it. And it's not like a download or anything. It's actually inside the game. Um, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced through croissant. It. Yeah, croissant. Yes, of course. You <laughs> eat it. It's delicious. Uh, so that's actually in the game. Uh, I'm assuming that's available other places, but I don't actually know for sure. And uh, it wasn't expensive, it right? It's like 20 bucks. It's, it's 20 bucks for all these okay. games. Yeah, that's not bad um, at all. Yeah, it's on Steam. It's all over the place. This is one of Konami's like many 50th anniversary collections. They have like a Contra one. I, I think there's a few other ones as well. Uh, but like super cool way to just sit back and enjoy those games. You know, it's got saves and things like that. Things you would expect. And yeah, from a Kid modern Dracula. day version. And Kid Dracula. And Kid Dracula. Uh, so I flipped through that book a little bit, and it's a lot of like, here's what the old manuals looked like, and here's all this shit, and then here's like super in-depth on this thing. And I didn't get like, I didn't have the time to sit down and read that, but I really mm-hmm. want to, having just talked about Castlevania for an hour, hour and a half, whatever it is, <laughs> I want to learn more. Like, that's that's the biggest takeaway from this is like, I liked Castlevania mainly because of Symphony of the Night. I had like this passing relationship with the other stuff, but now I just want to know more. I want to play more. I want to actually go play Lords of shadow mainly so I can call Zobek, uh, who is Patrick Stewart, I believe just over and over again. Cause there's a button. <laughs> for that. And, and yeah. So before we close out, I just want to, there's one other Castlevania game that was canceled. It was for the 32 X. Uh, the fans have called it bloodletting, even though Igarashi says it was canceled prior to naming, um, this this was the game where the members moved on to Symphony of the Night, Symphony of the Night using their reworked assets. So this is mm. one of those games where it was going to be a classic Castlevania like uh, base, a like non Metroidvania Castlevania. Mm. When they decided to flip ship and do Symphony of the Night, literally flip shit in Symphony Symphony of the Night. Because <laughs> did, we, yes. did we discuss what happens 
actually in Symphony of the Night. I mean, Dracula, you kill him. Castle what? flips upside down. We did not cover that in specific portion. No, that was okay. So that I want to, I want to <laughs> touch on that because in Symphony of the Night, that was like one of the biggest moments that I had in terms of like feedback when I asked for it. I got that answer more than once. But uh, yeah, so you kill Dracula, and suddenly you think this game's over. It's not over. It's not over. You got to do it all upside down. That's it. I won't waste more Fuck time. You, you got to do it all upside down now. <laughs> Tough titty. Man, could you imagine how infuriated people would be if that happened in 2019? <laughs> if you beat God of God. War and then you had to play through it again <laughs> backwards. With reverse control. No extra story. Like, <laughs> people would be so fucking pissed. That's just twice the game for the same price. <laughs> two, for, two for the price of one. Fine. If yeah, that's, that's how you, you, that's how you and I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not how Trace sees it. I guarantee you that much. <laughs> So yeah, I mean that's not a super exhaustive look at everything Castlevania, but if you thought it was exhaustive, be glad it wasn't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is to say, there's so much fucking more, right? Like, there's, there's a lot an of unbelievable really cool amount of shit. There's fucking fifty games worth of more. <laughs> like, it's just it's this wild series that has so much going on, even though it is presented in a super basic format which is you're a belmont you have a whip you kill dracula he comes back 100 years later you do it again but there's so much wild shit in the middle around it in the making of it just fucking everywhere yeah it's i yep. mean it's <laughs> but that was a, that was a very king of the hill moment there but i i king of the hill could, couldn't have said it better myself just want a picture of a goddamn hot dog um so as we close out, Matt, did you watch the the Netflix series in in full? I have watched it in full. How's season two compared to season one? Better. Yeah, and it's like a full season, right? Because season yeah, one was full, yeah. so short, it felt like it just cut off right in the middle of an episode, essentially. Yeah. Um, they started playing fucking Bloody Tears at the last fight, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's on. So I don't know. <laughs> no. <this> shit. <laughs> yeah. Fucking A. Yeah, so damn. Uh, it's good. I'm excited for season three. I don't know if they're going to do anything past season three because um, they kind of wrapped up the story very nicely with the f- two seasons. It's kind of like a six-hour-long movie almost. Mm. But uh, yeah, it was good. I'm assuming Dracula is killed. Oh yeah, quote unquote. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're probably done with it. It seems like a nice little package, though. Mm-hmm. It is. Yep. Yeah, I'm totally fine well, with series just making complete stories, and not trying to drag it out over unnecessary season yeah look know <laughs> when to end right you know, yeah. know when to end something and you know when to drag it on and i think we're at our end point here unless anyone else has any like fascinating castlevania stuff they really want to share right now no nah, i don't think no nah, i need to go eat dinner yo that's it we're gonna go eat dinner we talked about castlevania fucking wild series the anniversary collection's out now for 20 bucks it's on fucking everything you can possibly want it for and we'll be back in due time with another deep dive into something else yeah we're gonna we're i think we're gonna keep uh keep this format up of like a single topic episode so if you do have any ideas um you can find a link for our discord channel in the show notes and also you can just leave feedback in general. You can comment on anything on social media, which you can find us Facebook at, uh, at game quest and Twitter and Instagram at game quest log. And just, if you have an, if you, if you want to hear a series or a director or literally any topic, just in like nerd art culture, drop us that idea and maybe we'll pick it up and, 
and uh, do some research on it and put out an episode on it. Or if you just want to talk shit to us, just be like, yo, you suck. Yeah. Or if you want to tell us how much you hate our show and how much you wish we would just stop recording it. Any uh, Discord, Twitter, Instagram, (laughs) Facebook, all of it. Cyberbully me, I dare you. Cyberbully the shit out of us.